0: Hey, we're here with... Well, shit, we don't have a name for this yet. Uh,
1: <laughs> Excellent start.
0: <laughs> well, we're here with this podcast. It'll have a name by the time anyone listens to this. And I'm Jared. I am the host, or in this game, it's called The Handler. But I'm... Yeah, we're going to be playing an actual play podcast. And for anyone who's never encountered these before, it's where you actually play a game. It's a stupid name. But no, it's a role-playing game podcast uh, where basically I am the, the handler. I create the story and the setting, and then we have th- uh, four players going through it. And yeah, it'll it's basically an improv interactive story with dice adding random elements of chance. And the game we're playing is Delta Green, which is a little bit, um, it's like a mix of the Lovecraft mythos, Call of Cthulhu type stuff. With uh, some X Files, so it's like conspiracy, intrigue, almost the real world type of game. And I've we none of us the weird probably one of the most ridiculous parts is none of us have actually played this game yet, which was kind of <laughs> at all. but we've all we've all got a lot of experience gaming. I've been gaming my whole life, playing RPGs of various sorts, and I think we'll be able to figure it out. So. I didn't want to swamp everybody with names, so I'm just going to introduce you guys one at a time as we go through, if that works for everybody.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds good.
0: All righty. We start in Pescajumba, Nevada, 1998. Uh, it's September. It's actually, it's been a little busy. It's been a bit of a tourist boom lately because there's been a crazy meteor shower in the desert over the last week and there's actually supposedly been several impacts in the desert surrounding pesca jumba which is the town where this story takes place and we start out it's late on one evening out on a lone highway with bill yep played by andrew
2: man's been busy
0: yeah, what do you think would bring Bill out in the middle of the night? Probably later than he would like to be out.
2: There's probably he's probably been working all day, dealing with uh, knuckleheads out in the uh, in the desert, out you know, camping, getting their cars stuck, watching the meteor shower, and he wants a chance to uh, to come out and uh, check out, maybe find one of these these uh, impact areas, you know, try to maybe find some some meteorite uh, fragments or something. He's kind of yeah. like, kind of interested.
0: There are a lot of yahoos and tourists out with metal detectors uh, looking around in the desert. Uh, so probably, you probably find like three flat tires through the day, and it's a bit of an annoyance for you.
2: Yeah, Bill's a, he's a wilderness ranger for the Bureau of Land Management, and uh, he's been doing it for quite a long time, and he's definitely experienced and dealing with idiots out in the desert. Yeah,
0: I'm sure there are plenty. Uh, we've definitely we've been them, so we, we know. Yeah. We
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so you're driving uh, late at night. You're coming back home probably after a long shift. You're tired. I think we specified before your truck, the alignment's off. So you're probably just oh, yeah. a little bit grumpy whenever you drive your car. Damn, but tires it-
2: are getting worn uneven.
0: Letting go of the steering wheel and letting your car kinda of drift for a second and then catching it and oh my god damn it. So you're driving along and what is your it's not perception, what is the skill called? Is it called perception at the game?
1: Alertness. Uh, it's alertness.
0: Alertness. What is your alertness?
2: My alertness is sixty.
0: Sixty. Alright. You uh, you're driving by and you see something a little odd. You see a car on the side of the road. As you're going by, as you're approaching, and the uh, the door is open, so the lights are on.
2: Hmm. All right. Well, he definitely is going to pull up behind him and uh, grab his flashlight, open the door, and uh, see what's going on.
0: All righty. Roll me a uh, perception.
2: So first, roll of the game. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous here. Um, <laughs> uh, crazy. So, so high so, is yeah. bad. High is bad, so I have to get under 60. And you roll percentile, so it's D100. Okay, and a a crit is double digits
0: under. Double digits under your roll, and a critical fail, which is something really bad, is uh, double digits over your roll, or a hundred or a one.
2: All right, here we go. First First roll. Oh my god, you have to be kidding me. Oh, this is awesome. No! So I have a 60 alertness, and I rolled a 64. 64. Uh, oh, you got 64 on the
3: first roll. <laughs>
2: oh, it's <that's> bad.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm
2: about to cry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
0: So you see, uh, you're looking at the car, and it's, there's no driver in it. The driver's side uh, door is open. And uh, you're looking at it, and the car did not crash. It is a little baffling to you. It's just pulled off on the side of the road running uh, with no one in it.
2: Now,
1: there is a search skill.
2: Oh. Yeah, roll me a search. I got a 70 in search. So he comes around and he shines a flashlight into the door. Anybody here? Hello? Kind of circles the car. 20 under 70.
0: So you notice a couple things. You shine your flashlight down at the seat, and you see a pool of what is distinctively blood in the seat. It's smeared down the side of it. And then you're also, as you're shining your light down, you catch a bit of reflection. And you see that on the door, there's small holes. There's impact holes. Uh, What is your uh, firearms?
2: pretty good 70 as well
0: yeah it's a bird shot
2: in the door ah fuck hello and uh, i see if, if there's any if i can trace a blood like uh splatters on the ground that lead anywhere away from the vehicle uh yeah i think that
0: would be man we're having a i think it's a low rolling game but i'm going to have you roll cuz rolling's fun yeah uh, roll a survival
2: that's another thing that uh Bill is good at being a a wilderness ranger. He's spent some good time out in the desert. 44 under 80. 44 under 80. So you start going along, and very shortly,
0: the blood is... um, It's just a, a small patter of it, and then a small patter, and then a puddle. And then as you're coming past that puddle, you see a woman on the ground... She, You kind of almost strip over her, because she's wearing a black suit, and she's wearing all black. She has blonde hair, and she's hunched over, and you, you, it takes you a second, because you're behind her, and you realize that she's smashing something on a rock. Oh, shit. Hello? She doesn't even seem to register you. You're shining your flashlight on her. This is a. I don't know actually. This do BLM? Do you think uh, Bill carries a gun?
2: He has a. He has a sidearm. Yeah, he does. Um, they are. But, they are armed. And but I don't think he necessarily uh, like getting off duty. I think it's probably still in his truck.
0: Okay. Yeah, I would agree. So she throws it, uh, the object she has in her hand. She throws it off into the woods after smashing it on a rock, and then she falls and stumbles forward. Ma'am, are you okay? She starts to roll over, and you see she is pouring blood. She's got uh, wounds uh, on her face. Her face is kind of uh, torn up on the left-hand side, and uh, she's holding a hand over her jacket, and there's blood seeping over the hand. The hand is soaked in blood. Just stay stay where you are, ma'am. What what happened here? She actually doesn't speak, and starts starts shaking. Uh, do you have any kind of health skill?
2: I have a, a little bit of first aid, and he keeps a first aid kit in his truck. I have that on my character sheet. What what is your first aid at? Forty.
0: Forty. Uh, you can, uh, she is going into shock. It's going to be very hard. You feel like you need to keep her talking. Uh, and do whatever you can about the blood.
2: So he'll come up right to her and, like, kneel down and uh, see what, you know, try to assess the situation and uh, keep tra- trying to talk to her. Can you hear me? What's your name? I, I, it's, it's Cheryl. Cheryl, what happened here? Cheryl, they... It was the drug's... The, the the drugs
0: and she's drugs? grabbing at your collar like grabbing at you. She's really strong. She's a, actually a fairly large lady.
2: It's okay. Calm down. Calm down. Just 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 sit here. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go get my first aid kit and I'll come right back and we'll 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 fix you up.
0: All right. You scramble back over to your car, and you return, and she is unconscious. Oh, jeez. Uh, roll me a first aid check.
1: So the first aid kit adds 20% to your first aid skill. Oh, really? Yeah. It contains bandages, IVs and fluids, medications, stethoscope, suture, incubation kit, etc. It's got a bunch of stuff in it.
2: Cool. I didn't uh, yeah, know that.
1: It'll give you 20 more percent. All right.
2: So I got 60 on this. And i am th- he's thinking in his mind, he didn't see a shotgun, right? There's no weapon around here.
0: Uh, you so, don't see a weapon loose
2: in the car. So she, he's like he 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 kneels down. He gets the first aid kit. He kneels down, and he's but he for a second he kind of just scans the horizon with his flashlight before he, uh, before he, goes into the first aid just to see if there's anything like looking at them or surrounding like just to check the surroundings. You actually see
0: a discarded pistol
2: on the ground. Jesus. Uh, I'll make a note of that. <laughs> um, did, I don't think he has a radio, and I think is—is he in his the BLM truck or his personal? You, you're getting off work, so you're in your BLM.
0: And okay. I, I so, think
2: you you probably kind of just drive one truck. Or what okay. do you think? yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, he probably has the federal truck that he he uses. And but yet, first
0: you maybe have a town car you don't use that like ever kind of like yeah. your house.
2: Okay, so he'll do first aid and he's thinking like shit I'm going to need help. I need to radio this in. 35 under 60 with the first aid kit. 35 under 60. Doing doing all right. So you see
0: you you uh tear her shirt and you see there are two wounds in her chest. And the, uh, the wounds, there are wounds on her face, the left side of her face, and the uh, left shoulder. And those appear to be the, uh, the bird shot from a shotgun. And they are uh, seeping blood, but they're surface wounds. But the two wounds in the chest are the real problem. And even with a first aid kit, you can't, uh, you think you could maybe try to remove the bullets, but they're in her chest. You, you've never that they don't cover that in uh, in first, first aid.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. I know
0: because I had government mandated first aid class, and they didn't, <laughs> they didn't go over bullet wounds. Um, well, fuck. So um, you know, all you can do is whatever you can do about the bleeding. That is okay. your priority.
2: So he'll, um, you know, patch it. He'll he'll get some gauze. He'll get whatever uh, covering, and then wrap it with whatever, whatever either like. Um, tape i'm not sure what it's called or any kind of like wrapping in the first aid kit and wrap those major wounds and then he'll run to the truck and call it in your hands
0: are covered in blood by the time you're done with this task yeah we'll need you to roll
2: a sanity check oh goodness okay yeah how does that work just under my sand i believe
0: so yes
2: yeah so i have a 70 oh that's good you're very state mentally stable for now for now. Okay, here we go. Sandy. Oh, oh, crack die. Oh, no, I rolled a 7 on one of them. 76, so, uh, fail. 76, roll me a D4. I just remembered. We. I think I rolled that 44. was a uh, was a critical. Totally forgot. Oh, that might have but been. It's, well, it's was that good. just for searching? Either I think I the... was just searching, yeah.
0: You yeah. did a really good search roll. Cool, cool. D four, D four. You know, no one else is around too.
2: Here we go. Two. You lose two sanity points. So starting two. off, starting off right. Okay. Uh, so your your hands
0: are shaking as you run and call this in. Uh, what do you we got? Say? A, we got a.
2: We got a. Uh, check, check. We got a car here out on uh mile p- m- marker 34 on 125 got a woman on the side of the road gunshot wound to the chest uh unconscious i'm gonna need an ambulance potentially another suspect on the loose
0: and yeah you you know you run back over and you just uh, do whatever you can to apply pressure so you probably take off whatever outer layer you're wearing like your flannel or something and yeah press it over the wound uh yep and you're, you're just holding it there. And even, I think, with your sanity loss, you're still talking to her, even though she's just completely unconscious. You're trying to keep as
2: much for your sake as hers. You're trying to... You're gonna be alright. You're gonna be alright. And I feel like it just, like, gets kind of quiet for a second. You just hear the truck running. Yeah, and the kind of the camera
0: moves back through the forest. And then we go to Paris played by Chris French.
3: Yeah, Paris Navarro, um, a local industrious uh, a botanical extractor, mostly cannabis.
0: Nice. It's fancy, t- fancy words for a drug dealer.
3: <laughs>
0: this is 1998. It's pre all that legal weed. So.
3: Yes, very much still in the black market doing... Uh, which, Some which, older cruder techniques.
0: Which I imagine in Nevada they don't they don't have legal weed yet, do they?
3: Oh well, they do now. Oh, good for Nevada. Currently. But uh yeah, back then I would have been playing a pretty damn risky game.
0: Yeah, in the nineties this was real time. You were Yeah,
3: you didn't you didn't even want to drive through Nevada with pot in your car, or let alone manufacture it there. And I imagine Paris is a
0: bit of a night owl, right? It's about 1130 at night.
3: Yeah, definitely introvert night owl. I just, I keep pretty odd hours. Um, Not, not a big drug user myself. Uh, More, uh, more kind of business minded.
0: So what do you think he would be doing at
3: 1130? Honestly, he wouldn't want to be uh, operating because it makes a lot of noise and uh, you need a lot of light. So uh, he would probably be uh, either relaxing on his porch or uh, potentially just uh, playing video games in in his room. Where when he he's kind of when he's idle and not busy, he's pretty introverted and quiet. He's kind of learned that he has to be that way in order to kind of keep the hatches battened down. Alright, so
0: I'll say you're just kind of out front uh, relaxing, maybe like having a cigarette or something.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, having a smoke on the porch.
0: You're having a cigarette and then you hear on the road outside of your property a car peeling out, which you hear all the time. You're kind of a little bit removed from town. Mm Hmm. Pretty regularly, you hear people racing down the road. Your property's got a bit of forest to it, but there's still um, you still are close enough to the road to hear it. And then you hear a shotgun blast, which is uh, not surprising at all. Every road sign in near Pescajumba has a shotgun blast or two in it. People drive around and shoot uh, drunk idiots in town, because you know it's Pescajumba.
3: Yeah, that that sounds that sounds familiar
0: enough. So you maybe think nothing of it, and then you hear two very loud gunshots. They like you jerk in place, mm. and they they were within fair fair range of you.
3: Like, like I feel like I could have maybe seen them had I been looking in the right direction or something.
0: Yeah, that, that kind of thing where you feel a gunshot, you know?
3: like mm-hmm. in- A little bit of that concussive blast. I would probably kind of make myself look a little scarce and start turning off any light sources I have so I can see better. All right. Um,
0: so you turn off the porch light and the living room light. They're, like, both right inside the doorway.
3: Yeah, and I'd probably be kind of, like, standing in the doorway of, like, I want to hear things outside, but I want to be able to get the fuck out of here and I'm probably thinking about where I left my pistol last Uh, roll me a search as are looking out through the the dark woods is that alertness? alertness works oh a 7 damn so you actually you're
0: scanning through and you probably do this kind of a lot it sounds like you might be a bit of a paranoid person and a, a little reclusive so you probably like
3: I pretty much have to be it's not really a choice if, can, I don't, if I don't catch an issue beforehand, it might be the end of me.
0: But do you know that thing where you're in, like, isolation for long enough where you, like, are very aware of your surroundings?
3: Yeah, any disturbance. Yeah, Yeah. I lived on the ridge for three years. I definitely know that. So you kind of, like, are looking through the woods and you zoom
0: and like, between several trees, barely visible. You see the lights of a car and you see the silhouettes of people.
3: Um, they're
0: not moving at you. They're kind of standing stationary, and then right when you get like a, a glimpse of them, they seem to move out of the car light, and you can't you can't see them anymore.
3: And how many? If I was to range this, is it like a football field away or five? I'd say
0: it's a f- football field away. It's like a hundred yards, maybe a little less. Who? Like like sixty yards, seventy yards. It's, it's a little freaky, like, if you can see somebody, you know, they're within, yeah.
3: Yeah, I, at this point, I'd be probably fairly frozen in place and thinking about my gun and my car keys, but not doing a whole bunch about it.
0: So, I think, I'm trying to remember how a luck roll works. I think it's just a 50-50 toss-up.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just
3: 50-50. So, you just um,
0: roll a percentile and if it's over 50 it's bad if it's under huh. 50 it's good a 70 70 you have no idea where either thing is just as like you're like
3: running through it in your mind you're like
0: i don't think i put my keys in the regular spot and i
3: yeah which is it. really going to solidify that frozen frozen state <laughs> and you're really you're
0: almost starting to like panic like where the fuck are those things like, what can i do and then you hear a car door slam and then tires peeling out. You can't see the car from where you are.
3: Mm. Uh, I'm gonna probably s- kind of like sit back into my house and like make a crouching motion, try to look out the window. So
0: you're stealthily looking out the window. I uh, roll me another alertness. 16. So after a few minutes, you're rolling rocks, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> after a few minutes, you hear. A car pulling up. Fuck.
2: Another car.
3: I finally am like, okay, this is it. And uh, go and uh, probably have like a quick prestige of basically like throwing a couple tarps over a machine and locking that door and kind of basically throwing away the key. Nice. Uh, Chucking it like out the back window or just into into the woods, away from the house.
0: All right, so you throw it out a, a side window before you... Are you going to exit the house, or are you going to stay just hunkered in?
3: Uh, I'm going to go back into my room because I think that is the best chance to find both my pistol and my car keys with the uh, intention of probably popping out the back window, which I definitely have, like, a, a no screen on it. It's meant for criminal escape. Oh, you're very paranoid. Uh um... Right, it's, right. it's not super prepped, but I don't have like a go bag, but it's like I know, I left a screen out because I, I know I want to be able to get out quickly and maybe even a little bit quietly. Uh, roll a alertness. Oh, 99.
0: Shit. Yeah, you have no idea where either of those things are. And for some reason, there is a fucking screen in your window. You're like, why did I? What?
3: Like, <laughs> Yeah, the- I'm, I, I was like mowing the lawn outside and put it back in there.
0: Or you, like, maybe it was a thought to take it out, and you're like, did I ever even take it out?
3: Yeah, totally. Uh, Yeah. Fuck. So you think you
0: What do you think your instinct is? To hide? To retreat? Um,
3: out? This is... This is when I would switch to uh, submissive and personality. I'm gonna... I'm gonna turn my light back on and maybe turn on a little bit of music. Nice. And kind of pretend like nothing was happening maybe I just noticed that a car was pulling up and kind of walk out the front door and be like hey can I help you
0: uh, what, this is a very important question what kind of music do you think Paris puts on to, to play cool <laughs> like um, it is 98
3: too 98 I'm gonna say uh, Genesis selling England by the pound
0: hell yeah nice good call so you put that on and you, you said you were stepping out front?
3: Yeah, like, it, it's kind of like, oh, I didn't see you there.
0: I think, uh, yeah, you've passed a few alertnesses, and you're just, your adrenaline's up. As you move outwards, you hear someone, and they uh, they sound a little frantic, a little flustered. You just hear a voice from the road. You see those car lights you can see through the trees are still there.
3: Yeah, that would give me, like, a mixture <laughs> Of somewhat calm, because it immediately reduces the, the fact that it would be an authority figure, like police, if somebody's speaking frantically. <laughs> so, like, part of me is like, okay, that situation might be eliminated. Um, and, I mean, after that, I, I'm just kind of curious, like, does somebody need help? So you think you go check it out? Yeah. So you walk
0: out, it's... Uh... It's a little weird going through the dark, but it's your property, so it's like you can find your way easily, you know, where the little fence is, and step over it.
3: Yeah, you just do the slow walk, kind of like a zombie with your hands out in front of you. Yeah, and in your brain, you're like, I'm about to hit something, I'm about to hit something, I'm about to hit something.
0: I don't think it's a good thing to... Well, anyways. But, um, so, and you emerge onto a very startling scene, like the, the lights... Are pretty bright from the darkness you just came from. Mm-hmm. And you step out into these car headlights, and you see Bill, and he's holding a shirt over this woman's chest, and there's blood fucking everywhere. I'll need you to roll a sanity check as well.
3: Okay, and how does that uh go?
0: Uh, you I, I, whatever your sanity score is.
3: Oh, okay, and I roll a d100 against that. Yeah, and try to get under twenty-four under eighty. Steady
0: as a rock. You weirdly, like, just, like, kind of flash, like, what do I do? How can I help, probably?
3: Yeah, I know that I've had that happen before. Where it's like, this is bad, but me freaking out is the last thing that is going to help.
0: And uh, Bill looks up at you. You don't know it's Bill. Some got- old man looks up at you. And he's... Oh, yeah, that's
3: what I was going to ask. I don't know Bill.
0: That, I'm not sure. You guys live in the same town, and he probably drives around a lot, but you're not, like, a, a off-roader
3: I feel like if anything, I would know who he is because I, he technically drives what looks like a cop car. You know how like you're paranoid about all government employees. Yeah, you've seen him um, drive,
0: by, and you know he's some kind of uh, non-cop cop, basically. Yeah,
3: exactly. Where I'm just like, you startle my nerves, but I know that you're not the guy looking for me. Um, and you guys lock eyes for a moment. Oh, oh my God! What's what what? What's happening? Is that blood?
1: So I'm gonna take this opportunity to tell you guys, like when you roll a skill and you fail, you put a check mark next to that skill on your character sheet. Oh. And then at the end of the session, you you add one d four minus one to that skill, so it's like you almost level up skills that you fail at. Okay,
3: I'll put a little minus there uh, in my PDF because uh, yeah, I, I failed one alertness.
1: Yeah, and I think Andrew's character failed uh, alertness too. So yeah, at the end of the session, you might get you know between three and zero points Sweet. for that skill
3: that's that's a cool feature that and that totally tracks with reality or like i've 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 had greater knowledge from all of my failures exactly
0: definitely a key factor to learning like don't do is a much more important thing than do johnny bradigan played chris (laughs) teal sorry no that's great uh that is a very good sound (laughs) it reminds me of the 90s actually yeah it's a very johnny mnemonic sound but johnny bradigan so you are an fbi or give us a little information about johnny bradigan actually i shouldn't explain it
1: uh johnny bradigan is an fbi agent he is a uh He's 28 years old. He's a veteran of the Gulf War. He had himself uh, some experiences out there. And when he got back stateside, he decided to dedicate his life to becoming an FBI agent. And uh, he just graduated from Quantico like maybe six months ago or so. He has very little field experience as a lead agent, although he's been a participant in some group actions. And he lives in Fresno, California with his mom when he's not on the road or at Quantico in Virginia.
0: And you actually, Johnny, you received a call from your Delta Green handler three days ago that you had gotten an assignment, but it was really crappy timing. It overlapped with your your first major case and you were on a week long surveillance mission and you could not get out of it. Basically you preemptively failed your uh, bureaucracy check in game terms, but you, uh, you were stuck. You couldn't get there in time and you were supposed to be there with an agent. You, uh, you've actually worked under, under for Delta with Delta green before Cheryl Hayward. She's a fellow FBI agent and, you don't know, there's not exactly a ranking system in Delta Green, but she, it, you answered her the uh, previously in Delta Green. So I imagine you, to some degree, really looked up to her, and it was very frustrating to not be able to go with her on this gig right away. Mm-hmm. But you just finished about 8.30 at night, and you just got home in Fresno.
1: Oh, man. That new Will Smith song is really good. Thank God, I'm done with that excitement.
0: Put on, uh, what would it be uh, getting jiggy with it? Am I being too early? Um,
1: no, no, is two of it us? is it is getting jiggy with it. You think he like puts
0: it on as soon as he walks in the door?
1: Uh, well, yeah, he he listens to like a lot of top forty uh, radio stations, so that's what he puts on. He doesn't he doesn't have like a bunch of cassettes or CDs to carry around because he travels so much. So he just uh, he just decided that he would be a top forty guy.
0: So you just heard it in the car, and it was it was maybe life-changing. <laughs> oh, well, yeah,
1: he loves he loves the Fresh Prince. But anyways, so yeah, he's just, he's just getting home. He's and, being really quiet, so he doesn't wake up his mom.
0: And yeah, you have this assignment in Pesca Jumba. It is actually related to the meteor shower. You were supposed to get more information from Cheryl. You haven't really heard from her, but that's not that surprising because she's there under... Whatever pretense she made to go there as an FBI agent.
1: Um, can I link into that pretense? Like, is she an, is she also an FBI agent? As far as I know, yes, yes, she and is. does she have a, pre- a pretense that I can piggyback on, or do I need to like, do I need to have my own reasons for trying to abscond to Nevada?
0: What is your bureaucracy?
1: My bureaucracy is forty.
0: Yeah, you uh you know that she was there on a drug case.
1: Cool. Yeah, I'll write to uh I'll write to the local ASAC in Carson City. Uh I can I could uh combine my law with bureaucracy to try to convince them that they need that I'm of course a needed extra agent. And I would assume that Cheryl probably uh or Agent Hayward probably uh left some at least some sort of suggestion that I'd be following behind her.
0: Uh, roll a bureaucracy check
1: i got a 20 out of 40
0: nice so you you get a letter back even though it's it's fairly late in the evening you get you get not a letter what am i say i guess you're probably doing this email uh, uh yeah
1: i've got my laptop my big bulky laptop with like a floppy disk insert on the side and, and a cd-rom drive because i'm with the bureau and that's badass
0: Uh, You you wrote it like efficiently enough, you get a call back from the director's secretary and she says you are uh, transferred under command of Cheryl Hayward in Pascajumba, Nevada.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to pack it up. Actually, I could probably drive there from Fresno.
0: You could. You could drive or sleep on the plane. Uh, Travel expenses, you know, will be uh, back paid to you as long as you keep receipts.
1: Yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a plane to make it as quick as possible.
0: Cool. So you take a plane. Oh, by the way, the surveillance gig was super boring. You're you're probably very bummed that you like missed one for the other for some period of time, even.
1: Oh yeah, yeah he's just chomping at the bit, man. One of his like one of his main motivations in life is is to be a part of Delta Green, like after his experience during the Gulf War. And he, like, he doesn't, nobody really, I don't even think Delta Green agents know what Delta Green is. Like, a lot of them are just sort of, like, shoulder tapped by a shadowy figure that's higher than them. And so he, but he thinks Delta Green is the shit. And he wants, like, his his goal in life, his career choice would to be, like, a a, a Delta Green agent, to, like, be, like, a leader of Delta Green. And so, yeah, any any exposure he can get with them, he wants to go for. So like he, like the past three days, he's like been thinking about quitting the bureau just to try to join Agent Hayward.
0: Yeah, and that, that is, you were just sitting like in a van with headphones in, like marking timed signatures when people said certain words. You didn't even know what it was about. Like you didn't even know who you were surveying. It was a, a very annoying gig. Uh, so you go, you get rush through the airport, you get, you're on the plane by about midnight. And then I imagine you probably catch a couple Z's because you're, even though it'd be a relatively short flight, because you'll be flying, uh, you'll, you'll be overnighting it. You, you, Delta Green is, it's the kind of thing you just get a call and it's almost like they give you, it can be as vague as a place and a, uh, like a location. They can just be like, you, you need to be in Pescajumba. And all you were told was you need to be in Pescajumba to investigate a meteor shower.
1: Yeah, I'm on the way. Just got to stop in Carson City and uh, get a requisition, a, a nice uh, vehicle, maybe an SUV or a Ford Contour or a Ford Taurus of some kind <laughs> with a standard agent kit and, you know, take do the three-hour drive out to Pascajumba. Probably got my uh, a bunch of maps from AAA on me.
0: I just was imagining, like... Oh, I think we, but I just was imagining your character just standing in front of the luggage escalator. Like, come on!
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, uh, running, God, it's always the last bag!
0: Running through the airport, and you, you get, uh, <laughs> get there, you get your car, you transfer, and it's probably about four in the morning as you're driving up northeast to uh, Pesca Jumba, from the field office. Obviously, no, like there's no one communication at this moment, but your bureau credit card has the money for it, so funds are transferred. You drive in, and as you're approaching, you see it's about dawn when you're getting in. It's about six in the morning, and you see a uh, Loves gas station on one side of the street and a Super 8 motel on the other, and you realize you should probably ditch your bags and stuff somewhere.
1: All right. Yeah. So this whole drive, he's been like, he's been staring out the uh, out the window at the sky, trying to see if he can catch any of the meteor meteor shower. But yeah, as the sun comes up on the desert, he'll he'll uh, peel off the highway and head over to the Super Eight and uh, just go through the the same song and dance that he's done a hundred times. Get a get a nice shitty room, hopefully on a higher floor, so he doesn't have to hear people above him.
0: You go in there is the regular late night motel guy, just like in a in a tank top, like schlubby as can be it's always like it always feels like you're in someone's living room in like the lobby of a hotel like sometimes there's like a crappy couch there, a weird little hangout zone totally and he looks at you when you come in probably like weirdly urgently for six in the morning, and he kind of looks you up and down and he's like. DEA?
1: Uh, no, I'm uh, FBI, man. I, I need a room.
0: His eyes kind of widen and then narrow as you say that. And then he checks you out of room.
1: Uh, can I get a AAA discount? It always helps to uh, save for the government. It is your taxes.
0: Thanks for thinking
1: <laughs> <on> me. <laughs> oh my
3: god. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he uh, Gives you the discount. But then you look and you feel like you were priced up somehow in the process, but it's like, whatever, it's 80, 80 bucks, it's fine. And you get your shitty room, you go in, it's the same, like, off-yellow, weird, ambient room, hotel room vibe that you always get from every hotel room.
1: Uh, with the, with the awesome, like, abstract art on the wall that is, like, just like some splash paint.
0: Yeah, and you turn on the light and it's got a buzz. And like, it's just, it's just like, it feels like you're in the dentist or something. It's, it's a weird feeling in a, when you walk into uh, the hotel room.
1: Totally. Right on. Well, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll cash my bags there and just, I don't know. I, I So I, I'm here to investigate a meteor shower. I'll I'll try looking out the window. Did I see a meteor shower on the way in, on the drive-in?
0: Uh, roll me a look.
1: Uh, I got 93.
0: 93. No, but the sunrise was <laughs> psychedelic. It was All right. purple and, and exciting. As you're putting your stuff away, you hear the car phone in your rent a car ringing. It is what is what is your ASAC's name?
1: Uh Rodney Cuomo.
0: Alright. <laughs>
1: not gonna say anything
0: about that. Uh, <laughs> jo- Johnny, this is this is Rodney. Uh we have some news. What's the news, sir? It's, uh, it's Cheryl. A- Agent Hayward. Agent Hayward has been killed.
1: Killed, dead.
0: Yes. Uh, you should. You should go to the crime scene. There's an active crime scene now. The sheriff should be there.
1: I'm on it. Where? Uh, it is on. You're in Pescajumba.
0: Mile mark thirty-four of Highway One Twenty-Five, right outside of Pescajumba.
1: All right, I'm on it.
0: And you head that way. You're driving through. You're not like exhausted because you maybe got a chance to sleep a little on the hotel room. But it, it's a very strange morning. It's it's quite the vibe. And you go and you uh, you pull up to a crime scene. There are four police, are four sheriff cars there. There's an ambulance still hanging around, and you see a. Body bag on a stretcher.
1: Hello, I'm Agent Johnny Bradigan, FBI. Uh, that uh, is that the body there?
0: Oh, good after, good afternoon. I'm I'm Sheriff Montgomery. Uh, yeah, the woman approaches you. She's native, a little older, kind of short and heavy. Yeah, yes, I'm afraid that is her. A BLM manager was the one whose land manager was the one who found her, and. He he managed to keep her alive for a few hours, actually, uh, with the help of EMTs once they arrived. But she, Cheryl passed. Yes.
1: May I uh? May I view the body?
0: Uh, sure. Did you know her?
1: I did. Yes, I was. Uh, yeah, I was unfortunately supposed to meet her.
0: Oh, oh, and and who? Okay. Uh, you can tell this is she is very. This is very strange for her. And she's like, well, then you can ID, ID the body just to make sure. We do, she had her ID, but we believe it's her. And you go and approach and probably show the EMTs your badge. And one of them hands you a pair of gloves. And you unzip the bag. And you see the face. She looks just like the last time you saw her, except she's shockingly white. Uh, of uh, Cheryl Hayward.
1: On the left side of her face is all jacked,
0: yeah, it's not freely bleeding anymore, but there's smeared blood down it, and yeah it's it looks like uh it looks almost like super gnarly like uh like pock marks, but then you realize they're wounds,
1: okay, so they're not like scratches they're they're like the shotgun blast
0: yeah it is it is uh you have a high firearms, right,
1: yeah, I have eighty.
0: Yeah, it is bird shot in the face. It wouldn't be a mortal wound, but it would fucking hurt.
1: All right, I'll turn to the EMT. Uh, looks like bird shot. How many rounds do you think?
0: Oh, she has several uh, bullet wounds in her. I think we're actually going to need the. Uh, we we saw two in the chest. Those appear to be the lethal wounds. There's something wrong with her leg, but the uh, the mortician will tell you more. We're taking the body there now.
1: What's the time of death?
0: The time of death was 3:30 a.m.
1: I heard uh, there was a BLM manager that was that was keeping her alive.
0: Yes, uh, is Bill is he
1: still on site?
0: He's right. He's right over there, and the the sheriff gestures you, and you see a older man standing. Uh... What does Bill look like, Andrew?
2: Um he's in his 50s worn has just desert leather skin short hair balding and uh he wears you know dark green dark brown yeah so just like uh
1: like ranger khakis or something
2: yeah just a normal normal uh, you
0: see CLM guy Blood all down his his arms. He oh, yeah. took off his outer shirt, so he's just wearing like an undershirt. There's blood all over that. There's a little on his face. Like he's kind of a mech, uh, wreck.
3: And you see next to him, what does Paris look like? Um, I mean, he looks like uh like a stoner that's trying to hide that he's stoner. So he probably has like. A slightly nicer, like a collared polo shirt. You can tell he's got like a older pair of jeans, a few stains on it. He's super tall. How six, old is he? Six six, six thirty five.
1: Okay. Do you guys want to go back in time to play out how their night went? Uh,
0: do you think? Feel- what, what do you think your guys, the rest of your guys, interaction was? So basically, with there was no way to save Cheryl. Is was where you were at. The EMTs were like, "You did a very good job keeping her, keeping her breathing as long as you did." But there was, there's nothing we could do. Not in the hospital.
2: When uh, I when I cut out, I basically I was like, "Who are you?" Like he was, sus- he he's super suspicious because he this woman was shot and this guy just like came out of the you know desert like out of the darkness. So he was like, "Oh gosh, who the hell is this guy?" And so. He probably was like, don't move. Wait, didn't you drive to my house? I I don't think he saw there was a, he could see your house. Um, yeah, you, like-
0: walked, you walked out of the woods at him. He didn't, it was on the side, an embankment on the side of the road. You're actually not sure if it's your property or not. You know, that weird, it's in that like gray area between. Like the- an yeah. easement. Yeah, like your fence is a. Uh, separating the like is offset from the road a little bit by some you know by an embankment
3: yeah and i definitely would have like once i switched over to i'm not about to get arrested i would have been sticking my hands out like hey uh i'm here to help what's going on yeah i think they talk it through and he asked him what's like
2: how did he find like what's going on and you probably said you live right here and then he probably put you to work
3: like, yeah and i would have just helped and yeah, And freaked out. Yeah, and you guys spent like a
0: frantic, kind of crazy ten minutes, just applying, like, alternating applying pressure. You try, you tried to like layer some bandages, but it was bleeding through too fast. It was. A...
3: Would those be some sanity checks for us? Uh, Andrew,
0: I think you are actually already both had yours.
3: Uh, yeah. Okay. The big, the big
0: thing was seeing a mortally injured, like a somebody mortally injured. <laughs> totally. So, cool. you know, but there is actually an issue. You both have been up all night now, mm. so mm. I will need you to make a. It's one of your statistics. It's a different kind of roll than we've done yet. Your power times five.
2: Twenty. Uh, two. Zero two. Wow. Oh, nice. You feel fine, Bill.
3: He's a, he was oh, a tr- plenty of adrenaline. Oh, I have got a sixty-four under eighty.
0: Minutes. Oh damn! Powerful. Uh, yeah, you you guys uh, are both doing okay. You're lo- a little bleary-eyed is all. And they both, uh, Johnny, they're both fairly, like their eyes are fairly bloodshot, but they look like crime scene, you know, witnesses. Like they, they look like they've just been kind of at this for a while, probably been asked the same questions a few times. And
1: uh, that thousand-yard stare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah exactly. Johnny's, Johnny's going to put on like, you know, a little bit of the charm use like his person skill his people skills
3: and be like and are you in uniform and like are you do you look real copy right now
1: i'm i'm just like a guy in a i'm wearing like a black suit i look like uh like keanu reeves and david Kevney had a baby yeah (laughs) black suit i definitely don't like i have have an fbi agent badge on my chest you know like a clip clip badge that has like a little photo of me fbi
3: my little credentials I'd be freaking out on the inside a bit, but, like, it wouldn't surface. It'll just hit me, like, tomorrow when I'm actually free of this situation.
0: Yeah, pretty much as soon as he pulled up, you were, like, fed.
3: Yeah, and then, like, when I get home, I'll puke a bunch or
1: something. I have a a human intelligence of 90. Jesus. So it's, like, a skill that you use to, like, read people to, like, see when they're lying or see if they're hiding something. So I don't know if you want me to roll off against French or
3: something <laughs> I think I would uh, probably be able to tell in if... my hash lab right now yeah <laughs> i I'm,
1: I'm like I'm looking at these guys and I'm just like trying to feel them out like and i'm also I also want to be gentle with them in the questioning, but like
4: you're uh, also not here for that, so even if you you know you might you could probe them a little bit and be like
1: yeah, but the a person that I greatly admired has been found shot up with buckshot and these are two people covered in blood for who sure we're administering cpr to her supposedly but I don't But you're know not here for his on. drugs no no i don't i'm not here for his drugs no i have no idea yeah. if he has drugs or not but i'm gonna if say he looks really nervous then right. I might uh i'm gonna say it won't be a contested role but just roll
0: your human intelligence and see uh how uh they'll they'll give you some more information depending on how you do basically if, like your impressions of the two of them.
3: Uh so I'll roll mine and he rolls his.
0: No, just just uh uh Chris just rolls and then you you'll learn a couple things about Bill and Paris and okay. what you roll.
1: All right, I got a 26. 26.
0: Yeah, so uh Paris looks nervous. Like visit, like noticeably nervous. You also uh He obviously doesn't look like some nervous in the way where he murdered someone and isn't trying to say anything about it. And Bill looks worn out and sad a bit, but he's not as phased as Paris. You think he's like he—he's older and maybe like a little more set in himself, kind of like he's like uh, he doesn't quite seem—he doesn't have the same nervous energy. He seems just tired.
2: He did fail a sanity check so I think there is something, I don't think it's nervousness but it's kind of like, yeah, like you said sadness. I think something got to him about this, you know.
0: Probably the first dead person you've ever seen and it was like a young woman. It's very startling. You know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. A murder. Yeah, Uh, I feel like he's probably seen a dead person but never like, you know, watched it and been in the flesh and especially a younger person. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's, you know, come across,
2: he's found people in the middle of the desert who, you know, gotten lost and stuff, but he's never actually, yeah, nothing like violent like this.
1: Uh, hello there, gentlemen. My name is uh special agent, Johnny Bradigan. I'm with the FBI. It's uh sorry to, I know you guys have been getting questioned all night, but I, I'm just going to need you to run me through it all again. But before that, I just want to thank you for, uh, for trying to help her. That was uh. That's not a lot of citizens out there that would do that, and that that that's a very kind thing. Do you guys think uh you could you could run me through the evening? Yeah, we gave our report,
2: but uh, I'd be happy to tell you what I saw, Agent Brannigan, My name's uh, Michael Bill Bohannon. I'm a BLM Wilderness Ranger here in Pesca Jumba. I was driving off of my shift and uh, came across a car here just running on the side of the About road what time was that at oh i'd say pretty late around 10 or 11
1: oh that's late
2: pretty late for a full day's work you know and uh pulled up went around the car there was no one in the car but i saw blood and i saw shotgun uh damage to the interior came around almost stumbled over a woman there and uh, she was still alive. She uh, now I'm, I'm it's some it's pretty pretty uh been a little tired here. I'm forgetting what she said. She talked to you. She said one thing, and now I can't remember. God damn it!
0: Hey, if you can't remember, you can't remember.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> was uh, she was she doing anything? Did you hear gunshots? Was there any sign of a perp?
2: no sign, I found, a, I found this pistol, found a pistol on the ground next to her, no sign of a shotgun, no sign of a perp, nothing. And I uh, came over, tried to administer aid, went and called it in on the radio, and then just was, stayed with her the rest
1: of the time. And uh, you, you, sir, what was your name?
3: Uh, per- Paris. Paris Tavaro. I'm a local here also in Pescajumba. And when did you come into it Mr. Mr. W Well, actually I I was just sitting on my porch and ha- having a smoke and heard heard some gunfire which you know, it's Nevada so you you do hear around it got louder and then not too soon after that I he came came out of the woods and uh on the edge of my property and I I uh Got scared for a second, then I came out and uh, I saw what was wrong. And... The edge of your point. property, so you live over there? Uh, Yeah, 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 that way. Uh, now that it's daylight, you can see the house. It's yeah, like, then like, north it's through the woods. Northwest edge up there.
1: Okay. Uh, Bradigan's like, he's like writing this stuff on a notepad. What's, what's the address there?
3: Oh, uh, one five seven eight two uh Mar Alright. Uh please continue, sorry. I I I mean there was just so much blood. I we tried keeping her alive and I mean I had no idea what I was doing. I just followed this this Bill guy here, whatever he said. I mean
2: He's a good boy. He tried tried hard to help me out, tried to keep her alive.
1: Uh, So you gentlemen didn't see anything like
3: out of the ordinary.
2: Well, except for a woman shot up with buckshot. No, 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 nothing else out of the ordinary, sir.
3: This kind of stuff doesn't happen. I mean, we weren't going to get any kind of trouble because she died. I mean, we did everything we could. We're okay, right? Well, yeah,
1: as long as you didn't kill her. But yeah, <laughs> he's like
3: joking. He's like, "Yeah,
1: yeah. No, you're good Samaritans. You did the best you could. I'm slowly picking up your accent." Man, man. So- Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm going to talk to the sheriff. Sure. And uh he goes over to the sheriff and asks him if there's if they found anything at the scene, if they found this gun that they were talking about. Ah, uh, we we cordoned
0: off the scene. We have the gun. She actually uh, takes you over to a deputy and talks to him for a moment, and then uh, has the gun in the evidence baggie.
1: Does it look like it would be uh, Cheryl's service weapon?
0: Yeah, it's total uh, standard issue nine millimeter FBI uh, pistol.
1: It'd be a, that would be a Glock nineteen M.
0: Oh, okay. There we go.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: so uh yeah we assume it's her gun there are four rounds missing from the uh chamber or from the pistol uh
1: then have any of them been accounted for in the car i imagine the caliber is quite a bit bigger than the buckshot
0: uh no all we see in the car so far is the bird shot
1: i see was the window yeah i want to look around the scene of the crime
0: the window was down and is not shattered. I actually didn't really think of that, but
1: uh Okay, did. so she had her window open when she was shot.
0: Yeah, there's no glass mm-hmm. in the car.
3: So yeah, I his... uh I nudged Bill and I'm like, didn't didn't you see a a pistol? He said something about a pistol, but it was a shotgun wound.
2: Yeah, it was her pistol probably. Do you wanna tell him? I did. Didn't you did you hear anything at your house?
3: No, Down just, the street. just the two shotgun shots. I, I don't think I, I heard a pistol unless I was inside and listening to my music. But, I mean, huh. it's pescajumba. Everybody's shooting out their window, even grandma. That's true.
2: <laughs> That's pretty good.
0: And we'll we'll cut from there to the final member of our crew. I have no I haven't heard your name spoken out loud, Danny, your character's name, so I think I'm, I'm gonna need you to introduce him for me.
4: Hello. I am a doctor Eckhart Hohenzollern, former professor of anthropology at Stanford University, until several years ago, a fateful night after a Jefferson Starship concert. In San Francisco, California I found myself In Golden Gate Park And on that night I believe That I was About to be subject To extraterrestrial abduction When At the very last second A being emerged From the bushes A six-armed beast Wearing An Egyptian pharaoh hat Who I believe Telepathically communicated to me That he was going to Expel the aliens Which he did With his nature magic And (laughs) during a a (laughs) 10 minute to five hour psychedelic experience, he communicated to me that every um, paranormal thing that I've ever heard of is all linked and it's all linked to him. And he he ran off into the shadows. And ever since I've been trying to, I tried to go on teaching and I couldn't do it. After a few years, I left, I assembled a crew and we've been traveling up and down the West coast so far. Exploring all sorts of paranormal things. We've been tracking. We, uh, we, we hear word of mouth. And we're always like one step behind Bigfoot Prime. Um, we've joined and been kicked out of several cult- cults. Um, <laughs> the leaders don't tend to like me. They think, you know, I'm getting up on their game. And I'm trying to have sex with everyone too quick. And of course, it, just, of course. it gets messy. And so, um, basically, at this point, we're, trying to get, we're getting into Nevada. I have reason to believe that uh, Bigfoot Prime might have been uh, talking to the Chupacabras. I don't know about what. I don't know if they're going to try and what dark underhanded Illuminati, w- what wars they're trying to start together or whether Bigfoot Prime's trying to stop them, but that's why we're here. And I'm with my crew. Uh, there's one guy that's not here, Dr. Hugh Lindsfarm. He's still working at the university, and I call him up. He takes notes. He talks to people. I do have Chester James, who is a young lad. He's my driver. He's kind of my bitch. Tell him what to do. (laughs) There's Ramona DeBreeze. She is a medium. We found her on the streets of uh, the Ashbury area. (laughs) (laughs) DeBreeze? Yeah, and she was, like, busking, but she doesn't play instruments. She had a tarot deck, and the moment she saw me, she fell in love. She denies this, but let's be honest. <laughs> and a Mr. Jumbo Huggins. He's in the back. We're, we're in a van and it's his van. It's full of like he, we got h- hooked up because we both called into Art Bell so often that the producers gave us each other's number. He was in Danville. We picked him up. We've been traveling with him and he's just putting together all sorts of machines out of technology. I'm, I'm looking at my transmometer which is like a radio tuned in between stations and it's got an little oscillator showing the wave. And I'm looking at it and like nodding like, yes, this all seems right. And that's, so that's where we're at.
2: I'm, I'm <laughs> imagining you're like at a diner and you're like telling some random person
4: like at the diner this story. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I often walk up to people and say, don't worry, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I start asking them what they know.
0: It'll, uh, the waitress is like, "Well, I was just gonna get your order, but that's all. That's all very interesting. I'll let you know if I see a chupacabra." And she coffee wa- black. Oh, okay. We are doing the order now. I gotcha. And she walks away. And it's it's early morning. What do you think? What do you think? It's you've probably been here like short term, long term. So I imagine you're renting a house somewhere. Uh,
4: um, I, we're just probably at the motel.
0: Oh, okay. You guys are at the motel. Oh, yeah, you probably... But
4: correct. we went out because Ramona cut her tarot deck and it was the moon card. And I was like, well, the moon is out. Nice. Not in here, so let's get out of here. And But, we, you know, it's going to be a late night. Let's get some coffee. Let people know I'm a doctor. It, well,
0: it's, it's, it's six in the morning.
4: <laughs> well, we've been there for a while. I was explaining a lot to the waitress.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you just
0: finished a two-and-a-half-hour conversation with the waitress when I... That's runs in excitedly and you ask- what is it well well okay doc you know that uh that fbi agent you were all curious about and you told me to look out after uh, uh cheryl or something ha- uh, miss hayward
4: agent hayward yes of course
0: yeah you were all you thought she maybe was in on it
4: i still think she's in on it
0: he seems to he looks around so, yeah yeah she probably wasn't on it but she's
4: what, what do you mean was
0: I think she's dead.
4: What did you do?
0: Oh, no, it wasn't me, dude. It wasn't Uh, me.
4: Thank God. I'm not getting you out of another mess.
0: No, no, I was just driving. (laughs) I was going uh, UFO hunting last night. I was out drinking beer in the uh, desert, and I was driving back this morning. I fell asleep, you know, but I was driving back and I saw the, uh, it was like every cop car in town parked on the mm. side of the road and i saw that cheryl lady's car but there were like an ambulance and shit so she she's probably dead dude
4: you didn't see her you just saw her car
0: no i just drove by i'm still kind of drunk so i it seems smart to
4: not to just drive by and i gotta tell you man one more coffee for chester oh thank to you go we have to get we have to get down to the station immediately uh Of course. Well, we could go to the crime scene. I think they're still there, man. Well, let's go there, then. I start playing the Unsolved Mystery theme song like on a little tape recorder.
3: Have you ever
4: been?
0: Oh, yeah, you definitely have uh one of those little pocket tape recorders that were big in the 90s oh yeah
4: i have one that just plays music and i have one i record into
0: so you put away the recording one (laughs) it's been recording this whole time and swap it out for the uh unsolved mysteries theme (laughs) as you walk out of the diner without pain and head to your (laughs) car.
4: it's fine all right yeah so uh is where's ramona is she at the hotel room or is she and was she with where's ramona chester is she with you
0: Ramona, no. Ramona does what she wants. I don't know, man. I'm kind of scared of Ramona.
4: She's so beautiful. It's too I, bad she's in love with me.
0: If that's what I should say, then yes.
4: You're a good boy, Chester. You're a good boy.
0: Thanks, Dad.
4: <laughs> All right, we got to get down to the scene of the crime.
0: So you hurry off to the scene of the crime and (laughs) you guys (laughs) arrive um, and it's just like Chester said there are uh, you see uh, pretty much it, it would have to be every sheriff in town. They don't have a local PD. It's just the sheriff department and it's three sheriff cars. So you're like that's probably all of them and there's an ambulance there and then you see a man in black
4: talking to
0: two innocent enough looking guys
4: all right i'm gonna go in the back and grab some random gear like it maybe like a geiger counter and my transmometer and i'm just gonna get out and start walking up and i'm pointing it at things pointing at the air pointing at the ground looking at the oscillations and nodding saying yes yes As yes you-
0: as you're approaching, one of the deputies walks up to you. I'm, I'm sorry, sir, this is a closed crime scene.
4: Oh, don't worry, I'm a doctor. Uh, what is
0: your, what is the, like, persuade skill in this game?
1: It's mm, Persuade. Um, what is your that. persuade? Uh, it's just past a cult and before pharmacy.
4: Uh, 40. Want me to roll? Yeah. I got a 33, so 7 under 40.
0: Okay, uh, the, I guess the doctor's here. He, like, says to nobody, because nobody's really looking or paying attention, and
4: lets you by. <laughs> I want to be... <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just looking around. I don't know. I don't, like, lick the dirt and be like, hmm, smell it.
0: Uh, what is your alertness?
4: Who are you also? talking to?
0: Oh, sorry. Well, uh, Dr.... Paul... I haven't even said this. <laughs> oh.
4: Yeah, okay. I think it's fine to mispronounce it. I think in his life people do all the time. I'm related to the uh, the royal house of Prussia, the Hohenzollerns.
0: I'm going to go with Doctor Eckert actually. Uh, <laughs> what is your uh, alertness, Eckert,
3: Doctor Eckert? It,
4: it's 40, and I'm going to roll. So I got a 29. So I'm under by 11. So you you see a few things. You see uh,
0: you recognize the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Montgomery. You see. Uh, You've probably, I don't, it's up to you guys if you've ever seen a Paris or Bill before. The Fed seems to have not noticed you yet. He's talking to the other two, or the man in black, or they're probably kind of synonymous terms in your mind.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I don't know who he's working for, but I'm familiar with Agent Cheryl. So wait, is she, is her body still there?
0: Uh, you see a body in
4: a, being put in a body bag into
0: the ambulance, and you see, um, yeah, yeah, that's actually all you see.
4: All right, so I'm just, like, right near them, and I'm doing things, and I want to, like, really confidently walk up and be like, gentlemen, I believe there was a crime committed tonight.
0: So, your approach, Johnny, Paris, and Bill, uh, by, I mean... He's I what kind of like what does he look like it's at like seven in the morning, you think? What is Dr. Eckerd rocking?
4: He looks always he like rarely showers, his hair's all matted and
3: gross. He's got a turtleneck and his little crystal and he's got a lot of rings. Uh I probably look up and immediately like look at Bill for confirmation. I'm like, this is not me, my call. Uh I'm sorry, who who are you?
4: <laughs> uh, Dr. Eckert Hohenzollern. I'm a professor of anthropology, retired, Stanford University. Um, on the trail of a lot of things, actually, and they've brought me here tonight.
2: Son, how did uh, you get around this? Uh, the police line.
4: I explained I was a doctor, and they saw my transmometer, so they knew I was probably a really good doctor. <laughs> So I have an occult of twenty. Do I know what a transmometer is? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I made that up, or that Jimbo Huggins did. But pretty I sure. think it's real. He doesn't know what it is either. <laughs> no, it's a it's a science device. There
0: is something called a transmographer, but it looks like a like there is a real device. But this looks like it's a radio inside of a co- the plastic of a coffee pot, like a coffee maker.
4: Yeah, with like a flashlight and it's got a little oscillator thing so that like as I tune it, it'll make a, like it'll show you the wavelength. And I can just interpret it what it means. But like
1: like Johnny Bradigan has, because of his experiences in the past, he like invests a certain percentage of his time like investigating the occult. And so, yeah, if you bought that out of like, some weird, phony like New Age magazine, Johnny might recognize it, Like, might be like, oh my god, a transmometer!
4: No, it's just something Jimbo made, because he's just like a, like a hoarder junkyard guy with a bunch of electronics, and he basically just wires them together and tells me that they're a thing, and I go, of course. So you, oh. it
0: probably, you probably are like, that's what a transmographer looks like? Like,
4: transmometer. Is that a, is is it a transmom- transmometer or a transmographer? I keep saying
0: transmographer. Transmonitor.
4: Transmometer. It it measures mom. how many of the transmissions are uh, enabling on the spectrum.
0: It is a trans mom and uh
4: <laughs> trans mom. trans meter. <laughs> <laughs> <That's, that's, laughs> I I just give him a really like, I'm sorry, are you look. here with the coroner? Uh no, I'm not I'm not a local. I'm just here investigating. With what department? The Department of Truth. <laughs> uh think, Sheriff I think, Montgomery.
2: I think Bill cracks up at that a little bit.
3: Yeah, I just start leaning back and like smirking and I'm trying to like figure out what kind of drugs this guy's on.
0: You see in the background Chester has started like slowly backing up, but he's actually like kind of moving in slow motion like he
4: thinks no one will see him. Is he kind of drunk still? Yeah, does the robot backwards (laughs) away.
1: (laughs) Uh, Sheriff Montgomery, could you please establish a proper police line and and get this guy out of here?
4: Sheriff, don't worry. I won't be here too long. I'm just trying to get some readings. Um, Let me ask you some questions about this crime. Do you think it was done by people or maybe people like beings?
0: We're gonna need you to get just a little
4: bit farther back. You're,
0: you're, you could just, just stand, uh, out, just stand out over there. And
4: she- right. I, I, I go like, go back to the van, and I get binoculars, and I stand like exactly at the line, and look at them through my binoculars. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Uh, we're gonna end the first episode right fucking there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so I just shut up. <laughs> yeah, it
0: plays. It, play- it get weird. It plays the. Uns- you're just listening to a tape recorder. Or you're holding in your hand. That's all mystery theme.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I but, but yeah, it- I'm holding it up past the line so they can hear it too. <laughs> I could. I was picturing you playing both the music and recording at the same time, so your recording has like backing. Oh yeah, no, that's it? that's even better. Like I have one on my belt
4: that's recording, and I take the other one off that's playing music, and play it at them, and I'm looking at them from not very far away through binoculars.
0: <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week for more adventures in fucking pesca
4: jamba. <laughs> 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 <laughs>